Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. What's the best way of getting the result that I need yeah. right now? Um, and there are, you know, there are probably a number of paths that will that will lead to that. Um, but I think it is often that combination of, of, of the sort of two-way stuff going on up front, followed up by the sort of okay, guys, you know, this is. You know, here's, here's the story and this is what you need to do. Welcome to the Jersey Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slesher. I'm the editor of the Jersey Professional Magazine. And once again, we have Vivian Begg, who is our structured writing expert. Hi, Vivian. How are you? Uh, well, thanks, Kwame. Nice to talk to you. So the last time we spoke, I think I sort of naively tried to get you to put on your 2020 vision um, glasses or goggles to kind of predict what's going to be the top skills for 2020. Um, but of course, um, we're looking at a very different situation to that last time. But if I could just quickly recap some of the things we touched on, I think you you mentioned the importance of thinking from the reader's perspective. You know, what it, you know, thinking of what you're trying to achieve with a bit of communication. You know, the relevance of information, the importance of editing, not just um, grammar, but also making sure you meet the above criteria. But and you know, also you know, just making and, and looking at presentation, how it's presented. Um, breaking down complex ideas, and of course, creating effective head- headings and signposting. So those are some of the core things we looked at in the last podcast. Um, this podcast, and obviously we're going to be looking at how working from home has changed the way that we communicate with each other. Um, this is different to our last podcast. Cause I think last time we were face-to-face. Um, so <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So it's impacting us. Uh, yeah, it's impacting us just like it's impacting everybody, uh, everybody else out there. Yeah. But as you mentioned, um, just before we started recording, you know, some people, some things have been cancelled, some things are moving to virtual, some people are embracing the technology that's there. Um, And in a previous conversation where I had about um, communication with Sarah Ewan from Public Speaking for Life, she says that in some cases, many of the basic skills that you need to communicate, despite the tools you might be using, um, more or less stay the same. Um, Just a few technical challenges might might be in the (laughs) So I guess the question is from your perspective as a structured writing expert, I mean, how do you think that this working from home is affecting the way that we um, communicate with one another? Mm. Yeah, and look, I I think it's important to also think that there's a lot of positives out of this. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if I had a crystal ball that, you know, we can see into the future and see that some of the things that we've had to learn to do very quickly, um, you know, will benefit us down, down the track in that, you know, we've had to find a whole lot of new ways of meeting with our colleagues, um, delivering training, all of that sort of thing. So, I mean, the, the obvious thing that's happened is that we don't have the same sort of, um, face-to-face contact in the same in the same way I know people are using all sorts of technical tools for you know conferencing and meeting and and what have you but you know the reality is nonetheless that for most of us you know we're we're at home with our computers and you know finding finding ways to communicate and so I think one of the things that that happens and I, I I guess I sort of see this happening or saw this happening, you know, before this situation, I think for a lot of organisations and a lot of individuals, people tend to kind of default to using email as a communication tool. And hey, email is a fabulous communication tool. You can reach out to all sorts of people all over the world. Um, You know, they don't have to be sitting at there at the desk at the same time that you are and so on and so on. But I think sometimes people 
as I say, default to that without really thinking about whether that's the ideal approach. Um, And I, you know, completely understand that that would be a a fairly natural thing for people to be doing in, you know, at at this time. Um, And of course, I guess people are using other kind of chat or messaging tools which are you know have some similarities to to email and 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 also have some differences so i think there's probably a bit of a tendency to as i say to to default to that email email approach rather than maybe thinking about alternatives um and often when i'm running my the the courses that i run i sort of i raise this point you know is is written communication and, and often email specifically is is that the best way is that the best way to go? Um, And, you know, wouldn't it be better to have a conversation with somebody, whether that's face-to-face or on the phone or or on a video call or whatever it might happen to be? And people always jump back at me and and say, oh, but you've got to have the email trail. And, uh, you know, and I understand, you know, the need to to be able to to document, you know, agreements that have been made and, and what have you. Um, but I think there, I, I think we need to sort of recognise that that um, email, like other written communication, is basically a one way, you know, a, a one way stream. It's a yeah. one way form of communication, whereas these other things, like we're doing now. Um, two-way opportunities um and i think cutting down on those that sort of two-way communication then makes it much harder for us to get our messages across or get them across effectively uh when we just when we're relying on that that sort of one-way medium of, of of email or other forms of written communication Right, right. excellent yeah so i guess those are some of the advantages definitely that you've touched on there um i guess what are some of the major disadvantages that you see? I mean, other, you've obviously mentioned the default that we've been doing even mm. before this particular situation, but what are some mm. other disadvantages that you see um, in this current environment? Yeah, I, I guess there's, and I suspect this will be potentially becomes more of a, of an issue though, you know, the longer we are in this, in this situation is that, you know, whilst, Yes, there are the virtual meetings and you know catch-ups and whatever else. We're going to have less awareness, I think, of what other people who we're, you know, our team members, our managers, or whoever, we're going to have less awareness of what they're up to and where they're at, um, and potentially therefore what they know about what we're working about. Uh, what we're working on. So I, I guess what I'm coming to is that sense of if we're not really, if they don't really understand where we're at and we don't really understand where they're at just because of that sort of, you know, gap that's opening up, then it's harder to sort of overcome that and harder to have a sense of, uh, I guess, in terms of writing, of, of pitching to them at the right level. Do they know about what I'm working on here? Um, Do they care? (laughs) Do they care (laughs) about it? Or are they, you know, have they gone down their own little tunnel and they're focused on, on, on something else. So I think the longer this is continued, there's more, I just think there's a lot of scope for us to kind of lose track of, of, of each other, lose track of the the context that different people are are working in. And so then if you're trying to communicate something about what you're working on, does the person on the other end, where are they at? Are they are they up to speed with what you're up to? Um, you know, or are you going to need to sort of give them a whole lot of context to 
um, you know, to position what you're talking about. Um, so I, I see that sort of lack of awareness of, you know, where you're all, where everybody's at as being a bit of an issue and a bit of a, um, you know, a gap that's going to need to be to be covered. Um, whereas I think in a, in a more you know, if you're all in the same kind of location or catching up on a, you know, an ongoing basis, then I think people kind of have more of a sense of that and, and are able to sort of talk at the right sort of level in terms of, you know, that you already know about this piece of information. So now let me update you about that one. Yeah. Um, and, and now I'm sort of thinking it's going to be hard to sort of have a sense of where, where everybody's at. I suspect also, and I'm not a psychologist at all, but I suspect also, you know, that there's potentially a sort of a, a, an emotional um, level here as well in terms of, you know, how people are feeling about, about what's going on uh, and where their focus is um, and so on. Um, and, in, and therefore potentially, you know, needing to have some sort of sensitivity about people's, um, uh, about people's kind of focus on what it is, what it is you're doing, what it is they're doing, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just sort of coming back to the the original point. You know, we need to be really clear about you know, there's this whole difference in communications where you can see and hear other people, and you've got people's body language. You know, you've got their facial expressions, you've got their gestures. Um, just even even from an auditory point of view, you've got people's tone of voice, yeah. the emphasis they might put on things and so on. And when that all gets stripped out, and this is a sort of very general point that applies at any point, but when that's all stripped out and you're really just relying on the words on the page, the words on the screen, it's really hard to get that same the message across as effectively you know it's like if you created a transcript of you know of what we're talking about here you know the words by themselves would probably be somewhat somewhat dry um and i hope people are getting a sense of you know from listening um that there's a bit more than just you know me identifying some sort of fairly uh you know, mundane ideas. Hopefully, they're getting a sense of you know some enthusiasm, some concerns, and, and that sort of stuff. And that's the sort of thing that gets stripped out when we're really just relying on words. Which is why I think it's uh, so important to, to probably you know to combine different forms of communication. I think to get to get that best result. Right, right. And and I'm really glad you went that way because of course now. Speaking of it from a risk and compliance perspective, um, you know, obviously they still need to communicate um, with their respective organizations. There are still laws that need to be followed. There's still regulations. Absolutely. That need to be followed. Um, and in fact, with the, the change situation, there is some increased, you know, some increased in emphasis on more consumer centric models um, in the financial services, um, obviously, with all that's been happening. So, I mean, let's start with how would they communicate critical information with their organization? Um, I mean, how does how would they know how to make the right choice to get their management or their board to understand what's really important at this moment? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I, I guess there are different forms of written communication that we could consider there. But let's let let's say maybe let's start off um, start off at this idea that you know people are probably emailing information. How do you get people to pay attention? This is the real danger because every email that comes in through somebody's inbox 
really effectively looks pretty much the same. You know, it's got a sender's name, it's got a subject line, it'll have some kind of date and timestamp. Yet it's not the same as the things that come in through your through your mailbox at home. I know there's not a lot of that stuff these days, but you know, you're not getting, you know, um, an A4 newsletter, a postcard, a bill from a utility or whatever. Emails kind of all look the same. Um, so coming back to your question, so how do people make sure they get the attention of the people that, you know, they need to get the attention of? Um, and I guess one really key thing that I, I often talk about in, in my training is that need to really get that subject line of your email right. And I think one of the things that we often fall into as writers is to think it's all about us and to think about our perspective. Yeah. So I might look at I might look at an email that I've written and sort of say, oh, okay, so what is this about? And make that my subject line. So for example, recently I was having some problems with my email, not good timing. Um, and I was writing an email to a few people that I needed to be in touch with to let them know that if they'd sent me something, I might not have received it. Um, and so to have to sort of deal with that situation. So I looked at what I'd written and I said, okay, so this is about email problems. So I'm having email problems. It's email problems. But then when I think about it from a reader's perspective, if somebody sees email problems as a subject line for an email, they, you know, what email problems? General email problems. Um, they don't have a they don't have a context to interpret that in. Actually, the purpose of me sending that email was to get people to potentially resend information to me, yeah. or to understand why and to understand why I might have replied to them. So actually, what I did with my subject line was to make it something like you know please send you know please resend emails um, you know between whatever dates yeah. because that was the whole purpose of my email. You know, it was to actually get them to take action. And you can imagine if you see email problems as, as a subject line or you say, please resend whatever, then that please resend is, you know, is going to perhaps hopefully um, jolt people's jolt people's attention and, and pay a bit of attention. If it's a more sort of generic um, content based uh, subject line, potentially people are going to interpret it in different ways. They're not going to see that it actually has uh, relevance for them or importance for them. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is kind of coming back to some of the things that you sort of started off the conversation by having is that, you know, a lot of the things that I talk about really do come back to those issues of thinking about, you know, thinking about your audience and thinking about um, the outcome that you're trying to get from your um from your communication and being really clear about that. So in that sense of, of um, risk and compliance professionals trying to get a message through, you know, that in terms of email would be a really key first, first thing to, to get right. Um, and then, you know, ensuring that whatever you're, whatever you're covering in that email really does focus on, well, what do I want people to do here? Do I want them to take some action about this? Do I want them to respond to me? Do I need them to approve something or whatever? And really making sure that they've clearly identified that within the communication and really signposted that information to show, here's the bit that's telling you what I want you to do um, in the hope that then, of course, that they will take the action that you're, that you're looking for. Because otherwise, you know, so many people get so many emails, it's so easy to get swamped yeah. uh, with information. So if you're trying to cut through 
if you're trying to cut through, I think one, one way to do that is to really make sure that, first of all, whatever's at the top in the way of a title, a subject line, makes it clear to the audience that actually, yeah, you need to read this, this is relevant to you. And then within that communication, that it's really clear actually what it is you're, what it is you're after from them. Yeah, but at the same time, don't be clickbait, I guess. <laughs> um, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, free free beer is probably not uh, <laughs> is probably not the way the way to go because I think I think people will quickly latch on to the fact that if you if you are just trying to yeah hook hook them in without actually any really good intent, yeah. um, they'll quickly. Whenever I ask people about how do they decide which emails they're going to to read that come into their inbox or which ones they're going to delete without even looking at them, it tends to be based around uh who's the sender yeah <laughs> that's yeah. how they make those decisions so um yeah you you, you you're going to get yourself in trouble if you just throw <laughs> if you're just going to throw the clickbait in i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so I, I guess something you mentioned earlier was obviously we, we talked about the defaulting to email um and i guess what we were sort of discussing um when we thought about this podcast in the first place was a sort of hybrid form of communication so I guess, how do you know when it's that time when you should probably have an actual conversation with someone? I mean, in, in this case, using Zoom or whatever bit of technology or just your phone um, versus just relying on written forms of communication. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, yeah, that it's a very good question. I mean, I think a lot of the time there's, there's value in... And I guess it, perhaps it comes back to some logistical issues like, you know, how many people are you trying to get something, get something out to uh, uh, and that sort of thing. I guess there's a question of how important is the information, you know, is it in terms of it, is there value in spending, spending that time up front? But I, I, I guess what I would encourage people to do is just to try and avoid that situation. I often refer to it as kind of ping pong ping pong email you know when you send out an email and you know you think you've done it should have done its job and then somebody comes back to you with a question about it and then you respond to that question and then there's something else and you kind of go backwards and forwards for a while until you know until it's kind of resolved whereas I think a lot of times um, depending on the situation there's value in having that two-way conversation up front whether it's you know one-on-one -on -one or or with a bunch of people um, having that having that conversation up front just to sort of set the scene around whatever it is that's going on why it's an issue and just you know clarifying the whole situation up front giving people that chance to um, ask questions everybody hears the answers so you've kind of dealt with any of those areas where people not might not be quite clear about what is what is it what's going on why is it going on why do they have to do something about it that sort of stuff yeah. um and maybe you know get that kind of stuff clear first of all before you then you know summarize that and and send out your document that that asks for asks for whatever whatever action um, I just think it can, because that sort of stuff doesn't necessarily need to take a whole lot of time up front, but it can just save a lot of grief and save a lot of elapsed time, I think, as well. Yeah. You know, if you deal with it up front and then, you know, document your, your written communication in, in, in whatever shape or form. So I guess to come back to your, your original question, how do you decide? <sighs> 
I guess it's for me, it would be a question of, you know, partly the logistics, as I say, then yeah. how, you know, how important is this? You know, you, you know, you guys as risk and compliance professionals, there's important stuff g going on, um, you know, in, in the legislative environment and so on that you, you need to deal with and you need to ensure that people know what they have to do and are compliant and, and what have you. So, you know, I think whatever, whatever you need to do to get the result that you're after, you know, and to get it in a timely way, ideally as well, is is what you should be thinking of thinking of doing. And as I said, I'm just really wanting to jolt people a little bit out of this. Okay, I need to write an email. Okay, you know, this sort of this sort of thing, and think, how am I? At, what's the best way of getting the result that I need yeah. right now? Um, and there are, you know, there are probably a number of paths that will that will lead to that. Um, but I think it is often that combination of, of, of the sort of two way stuff going on up front, followed up by the sort of, OK, guys, you know, this is, you know, here's, here's the story and this is what you need to do. Right, right. Well, so something else that you've touched on and you've been doing it throughout this entire um, chat is you, you keep sort of drawing on the sort of central sort of elements of communication. Um, and that, I guess that works with my next question, which is really, you know, what are some of the, you know, even in this new environment, even with using the various forms of technology, I mean, mm. what are some of the things that just remain true, irrefutably true about mm. good communication? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I think even though we're using di different and more delivery channels, if you will, um, the, the, the same sort of things apply. And I, I sometimes feel a bit of a fraud. It's just like, I'm saying the same thing as I said last time, but it's because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's because that's, it's because that's what's important. Yeah. And it absolutely is that this whole writing thing is not about you, the writer creating beautiful sentences. If you want to do that, go off and, and, and write your novel. That's great. But in a business environment, you know, we're, we're writing in order to, get things done, you know, uh, and therefore that means that we need to think um, from, that, from that reader's perspective. It's not all about you, the writer. The people that do this kind of stuff the best, this type of writing the best, are the ones who are able to put themselves in their reader's shoes and realise that, you know, for example, for, for you as, as a compliance professional, uh, what you really care about is that, you know, you get people to do the right thing to take the action, whatever it might happen to be. Your readers who may be more, I don't know, operational um, type of staff, for example, they're probably not terribly interested in that stuff, not in the same way that you are. They're probably thinking more about, well, if we've got to do this now on top of all the other things we were already having to do, yeah. this is just going to make, you know, this is going to make more work. So, you know, if you can think about it from their perspective, what do they care about? What's important to them? And try and tap into tap into that, and you know, see that kind of perspective. That will help you to write something that kind of acknowledges, uh, you know, acknowledges those issues, um, but still, you know, gets your gets your point through. Um, and therefore, you know, people are probably more likely to sort of figure, oh, okay, well, she realises that it's going to take a bit longer for us to do our work, but hey, you know, this is something that needs to happen, so we better get on and do it kind of thing. Um, so I, I think, you know, and I do see this as perhaps a, a, 
a bit of a danger in this particular environment. I know we're sort of trying to talk more broadly, but I do think there is that scope for us to all get a bit more focused on ourselves and what's important to us. Uh, and I think irrespective of the environment, we need to be thinking from a reader perspective if we're going to if we're going to get the, the results from our written our written documents. Um, and the other thing, and again, it's it, it's already it's already been mentioned, this idea about being really clear about what it is you're trying to achieve with your with your communication. What's the outcome that that you're looking for, and really making sure that that's that's what you're targeting. Um, I think sometimes as writers we can be a bit too um, a bit too focused on telling what we've been what we've been working on oh you know i start you know we have this we have this issue that this legislation's coming into play um and so i've investigated these options and i think this is the best way of doing things and you know basically telling how you telling the story of how you've addressed the a particular issue your readers don't care probably um, your boss might care, but your readers are affected by this probably don't care. They just need to know. So what is it, you know, what is it that's changed and what have we got to do about it? Um, and I think it's, it's, it's easy for us to get a bit caught up in us, in ourselves on our, you know, our own self-importance, if you like, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, what content we actually communicate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, to me, to me, the, the, the big ones, the big ones are always, think from your reader's perspective and be focused on what it is you're trying to achieve with your communication. Great. Excellent. Well, we've down to the last question. Um, so, you know, what, what advice do you have for risk and compliance professionals, you know, who are trying to, and I think you've answered this question pretty much, but I mean, do you, any further advice do you have for risk and compliance professionals who are trying to, you know, use the right form of communication to, to get the action that they need? Mm. Yeah, look, I probably probably touch it. I'm I'm really mindful that there are just there are so many options these days, and I think with the current situation and you know organisations sort of setting people up with with different messaging options and what have you, it is hard to choose. I, I find it hard at a social level trying to decide how to contact people. You know, should I text them? Should I call them? Should I message them on Facebook? Should I email them? You know, what's what's the best way of doing it? And I guess there's a number of ways of, of, of kind of looking at that. One is to sort of think about who, who's my audience and, and, you know, what's what's natural for them what you know what's what's familiar what's familiar for them um uh, but i guess thinking particularly of the sort of risk and compliance sort of uh, arena maybe you're needing to think about how your audience is going to use the information that that you're providing um and it's quite likely that your audience needs to know where they will find find that information in the future um and so therefore you know there's, it, it's probably a smart idea to have a kind of a consistent approach. I mean, I, ideally in, within an organisation, I guess. Um, but you know, we can you can sort of scale scale that down to your your team or what have you. In terms of you know, different types of documents will be you know will be communicate or different types of communications will, will be done in different ways so for example you know if it's something more of a reference document like a, a, a policy then that's probably going to get stored in a in a central point you know whether that's on your intranet or what have you whereas something which is more of an update or a briefing that might make sense to to do that as to do that as an email 
So I, and I haven't necessarily got real hard and fast rules about that, but I think for, at an organizational level or, or at a, you know, at a sort of compliance level, it's, it's smart to sort of think about it again, think about it from the audience perspective, you know, where, where is your audience going to expect to find this kind of information and respond to this kind of information? Um, and think about you know the importance of the information and therefore you know where how should it um, how should it be communicated so that that um, that sense of of the importance comes comes through and again I think this is why for me uh, and I'm not trying to bag email I think it's a fantastic a fantastic <laughs> option for us but I think I think we tend to use it for you know for everything big and small. And, and so some of those, I think some of those more important things, you know, potentially um, kind of get downplayed a yeah. little bit. Um, and, and that would be my, that would be my concern that, you know, information that potentially is getting, is getting lost um, because there's so much other stuff going on there that, that, that doesn't have the same, um, the same importance. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Vivian. I mean, I hopefully members listening will that will help them sort of get their messages across and more effectively. Um, and thank you so much for making time uh, to being on the podcast once again. Oh, that's a pleasure, Kwame. Always enjoyed chatting to you and uh, and to your members. So yeah, guys, I hope everything's going well for you out there, and hopefully you've just got a, a few tips there just to to keep in mind. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute. And the music was produced by Rob Neary.